Hello and welcome back to Blind Spots, the film inquiry premiere podcast where two friends share movies with each other. I'm Jake Tropila, joined as always by my co-host Christy Strauss. Christy, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing wonderful this morning. Thank you for asking. Excellent, excellent. It's a beautiful Tuesday, uh, mid, mid-morning day in October when we're recording. So uh, that might explain the spookiness of this episode. But uh, yeah, it's been a while since we've done a, a podcast. Uh, for those who don't know, this is the episode where, or the series where Christy and I, we each have a film that we love that the other person has not seen. And then we share the films with each other. We watch them both and then we talk about them and uh, usually lead to some pretty fun discussions and some cool discoveries. But uh, yeah, it's been a while, as I said, and uh, we uh, we planned actually another episode before we got the idea to do this episode. And then it kind of uh, spiraled out of control into some crazy fun times that uh, I think we were reminiscing in our youths, would you say? Yes, I would say these are all crazy fun times. <laughs> I mean, Indeed. we've got just to, you know, sneak peek, we've got rat monkeys, vampire aliens and sideshow acts. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. There's all kinds of mutants and, and, and gore and, and space vampires and zombies. It's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. So this episode, we picked some, uh, films that I would say are pretty formative to our own tastes. And, uh, they're, uh, they're not for the faint of heart, to put it mildly. So, uh, if you're, uh, if you're one of those nervous listeners out there, Maybe it's uh, it's okay to skip this one. Just uh, scroll your play bar through the end so this counts as a played episode and uh, you can go on. But uh, for those who are a bit braver, uh, join us as we revisit the sick and twisted films of our youths. And, uh, yeah, to kick this off, we're going to go to Christy's recommendation of this episode first. So, Christy, what do you got for us? Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting because... I mean, there's definitely, I think, one of these that are known more, but I feel like all three of these movies are kind of, un I don't know, I don't want to say unknown, but most people I know have never heard of them or at least a couple of them. So it's it's interesting that we, we pick these three. They go well together. Definitely, yeah, definitely a cult feeling amongst yes, all of them. Exactly. There's, a, there's definitely a cool crowd that's in the know with their existence, <laughs> but they are not as widespread right. as we would probably hope. Yeah, if you're not in the cool crowd, um, you know, you might not have heard of it. So um, I'm kidding. So my pick was the 1993 movie called Freaked, not to be confused with Freaks, which is also a great movie, but completely different. Um, this is this is directed. Uh, well, it's Alex Winter and Tom Stern. But you may remember Alex Winter, you know, uh, Bill and Ted. He's in Lost Boys, another movie I love. But basically, he's the star as well. He's a celebrity, Ricky Coogan, and he serves as a spokesperson um, for this corporation. It's like called EES. And basically right now there's this controversy that the company uses a toxic substance in its products that it manufactures. So he travels to um, South America to kind of get like to show that's not true. But him, his friend and um, a woman that he meets who's actually protesting it, uh, end up coming across this uh, kind of amusement park um, sideshow uh, place run by the very um, eccentric Randy Quaid, uh, Elijah Skuggs, I believe his name. And yep. it turns out that he's, you know, he's using the substance and not only is it toxic, but it does make people into actual sideshow acts, uh, into they it actually mutates them. And that opens the door for, I mean, they basically become prisoner and, you know, are forced to, uh, undergo some, you know, unfortunate treatment with this product, but there's a whole, basically like a whole barn of, of people with a slew of celebrities, um, in this, which is pretty fun, but including Keanu Reeves, uh, as, as dog man, but, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's freaked. Uh, now I know that this is a movie I, I watched a lot as a kid. Um, I feel like it's interesting that you watched it as the first time as an adult, because I, sometimes with certain movies, you know, you watch it and you're like, was it really good or was I just a kid and it was just a blast because I was a, you know, a child. Um, and because this movie is just like the epitome of randomness, like really. Um, so it's interesting to get your point of view being that this was your first time and you're not like six, you know, six year old Christy. So. Uh, plain and simple. It's a great, it's, it's only been on my radar for a few, couple of years now and I've always been meaning to watch it. And, uh, one night I, I had, 
like 80 minutes to put on a movie and sometimes I watch things based on runtime and just if I have a small window because, you know, we're all so busy and things aren't really great elsewhere. So I just thought, oh, hey, I have the copy of this. I'll put this on. And yeah, I I loved it pretty much from start to finish. Uh, it's it's a, a like and I can understand somebody enjoying it as a kid and, you know, the nostalgia factor. But I think it actually is a really strong movie on its own. Because it's got a so much craft is put into this movie like it is it is really there's a lot of gross out stuff. Sure. Mm. But it there's a lot of care put into it. A lot of the effects are really neato, I guess you could say. <laughs> they um, are. Yeah. yeah. They look it, real in, in a lot of you know circumstances for sure. Yeah, it's it. So it, it looks great. There's it's not it's not like, I'm you know, this is not a, a large budget film, but it's you know, it doesn't look cheap either. There's certainly a lot of love and care put into it. And, you know, as I become more disillusioned with the film industry and just all the plastic products they put out, it's great to see something that has like uh, textures and, and things like that. Um, but also what is really great about it is uh, it's really funny. Um, like it's, and it's got like a rapid fire, like joke a second batting average that is just, uh, astronomically high. And like this thing just, just, it's only 80 minutes, but just, it just moves, it clips it. It's so quick and it's so quick witted. And, um, it's interesting to see that this is like part of the brainchild of out one Alex winter, you know, a famous, uh, Bill Prescott Esquire. Uh, from Bill and Ted, and it's like, oh wow, this must have been some kind of passion project of his. And uh, you know, unfortunately, he didn't really. He kind of stepped away, I guess, after this bombed at the box office from film production, and he's only been doing stuff recently. But yeah, it's it's a hilarious movie. Like I was laughing, I was having a good time. Yeah, and there's a lot of like obvious things that are supposed to be funny, you know, like the you know <laughs> over the top and and stuff. But um, sometimes some of the things that made me laugh the most, like very randomly, like Bob Vila is just there. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> you know, if you if you cut this door down, you could make a lot more space. And it's just it's just so random. And also like the uh, the I like Ike guy with the sign and like just I don't know tiny things. Not to mention they live in this barn that basically looks like the size of an outhouse it's very harry potter-esque in the sense that it's like it looks something really tiny and then you open and it's enormous and they play like almost hollywood squares with like all the people there's just some really just absurd moments that are hilarious and and like i said you know keanu reeves plays dog boy john hawks is the uh is the cowboy i don't know if you knew that i did not wow yeah mr t's in it bobcat uh goldthwaite which (laughs) You know, there's and also the guy that uh, another thing I love is there's like the ultimate, I guess, like the ultimate baddie that um, he talks to on the phone and all he does is laugh. That's like his way of communication. Um, yeah. So you don't actually <laughs> it's just like and somehow Randy Quaid understands it. Um, little things like that. And Stewie Gluck that kid that he just like despises there's this kid that's like obsessed with oh, ricky coog <laughs> the, the troll boy yeah he looks uh, he looks like um uh the cover of mad magazine a little bit alfred um, e newman yes I think. yeah yes alfred e newman yeah. um but he like is like obsessed with like him and um he hates I mean, like kicks him out of an airplane or they like get pushed out of an airplane and it's just like so absurd um, it, it's got great bits like he's flying out of the airplane and there, it cuts to the ground. There's like a giant stack of hay that this yeah. farmer is putting together and the kid lands next to it, of course. Um, yeah. But I love where he's trying to like spread the word about the evil Dr. Scuggs's island. So he's going to all the big newspapers and they just keep throwing him throwing out through of, the window, like, through the window of the office doors until <laughs> he finally gets he finally gets accepted by one. And he's like, oh, don't worry. I know the way out. And he dives <laughs> and out he the window himself. Yes, I know. Um I love it. There's also like a really small part. What is it? I think just little touches that make me laugh. Um, like the, <laughs> there's a part with Randy Quaid's like Ramada towels. He's like, I shouldn't have these either. I think it's him that says. They're like, you shouldn't be turning people into monsters. And he's like, yeah, yeah. you shouldn't have these either. <laughs> he's like stole these expensive towels that he's holding onto. Yeah, like little one, things like that. One gag that always gets me is um, it's like a. a I don't know how there's a term for it. I'm just going to call it like a voiceover fake out. But um, there, you know, we start in America and uh, Ricky Coogan and his buddy, they take their uh, they take their plane uh, to South America 
and there's this this like expository voiceover that we're hearing as we're seeing just images of the plane like slowly land on the runway and uh, then all of a sudden the plane explodes and then we cut to Ricky and his friends are just off to the side and they had apparently watched that happen and they're like huh good thing that wasn't our plane <laughs> and then it just moves on to the next gag and it's yeah it's very so, rapid fire like you said yeah and uh yeah it's it's funny because it, it it is a movie too like um when i was a kid and I, it's something i used to quote like all the time and i the fact that i just found out john hawks is in it just made my day because he's the the cowboy that's like listen to your heart um <laughs> and like, i used to say that all the time and and the bobcat which was the sock man um like i actually did that for like a little school thing yeah it, it, that they, just goes to show how ingrained it was um they, ri- they ripped the sock off and it's like hey it's a it's human a hand. hand oh my word yeah, and they started throwing like food at it something. uh um but yeah it's i mean honestly it's not a movie that really like requires much of its viewers and i'm mm-hmm. sure that plenty of people would watch it and be like this is horrible <laughs> and yeah. and that's okay like i'm totally all right with that it's just uh it it still makes me laugh a lot it's still um i still think it keeps up with a lot of the jokes and like you said i think there's a lot of care put into it and there's also you know the worm guy looks we- like real um like you know what i mean i thought oh, when i was yeah. a kid i was like is you- is that and he loves macaroons <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> the worm guy looks great what's really like it's also like kind of inventive too cuz there's like this um, I, I think it's a, like a Bob's Big Boy statue or just something that's on the property that like is monitoring. It's the security. Of course, you know that. <laughs> yeah, and and like Ricky Coogan is, uh, he gets transformed into this like half freak where half of his face is like this deformed green goose spewing bat creature, and uh, he's trying to like sneak around on the property to bust his friends out. He's got like two colleagues in his company that have like been conjoined together. Um, and, uh, he's navigating around this statue that has like this shifting eyes and he's like trying to not get caught by the looking eyes. It's like a security camera. And he, he turns around, he opens the door and he looks behind it and the eyes of the statue are gone. And then he looks in front of him and then the eyes like jumped out and they're like two little walking eyes pointing guns at him. <laughs> and that's like, just to like think of something like that like have you know like a it's like a setup for one gag and then it completely twists into something new and yeah yeah i i would like i would love to hear like more about like the making of this and like the yeah it sounds like it would have been a blast to write like i just yeah and they call in all these favors like you know we mentioned keanu reeves i'm looking at his name is ortiz the dog boy He's dressed it like a bellhop and he's unrecognizable. It's, you know, it's fair to say, you know, if you don't know, it's Keanu then. But like I, I knew, like found out after the fact and I was looking back at clips of him and you can kind of hear it in the voice. But it's it's funny that like that uh, I keep wanting to call him Bill, but Alex Winter <laughs> calls in Ted for a favor. Um, but yeah, and, and there's this um, like uh, Oprah-esque talk show wraparound with Brooke Shields. And she's really funny as well. And she's like yelling at the crowd and uh, she has a lot of great energy as well. Uh, so it's it's not just like like there's a lot of care into it, but like the, the all the actors just seem yeah. to be having fun and they're in on the game. Like William Sadler's in the very beginning as well. Or oh, not, yeah. yeah. And death yeah. himself. Yeah, yeah. He's the, the CEO of the of the company. He's yeah. got his board is just a bunch of old white dudes who like he he has their hands on like uh like ropes and pulleys so they all just <laughs> vote unanimously in his favor at the, at the end he's making them clap yes yes <laughs> it's um, yeah it's freaked i don't really know if there's another one it's freaked yeah i mean yeah That's it's it. it's it's uh it's just a special little film that i'm really glad exists and uh I'd, I'd say it's probably the most obscure of the three films we're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I I, uh, I really hope, you know, it's it, th- this also isn't a kind of a recurring thing here with two of our films is that uh, they're very difficult to find. Yes. Um, this you you're a proud owner of the DVD, correct? Yes. Of this and the next. Yes. Or yeah. one of the others. Yes. Yeah. So you have your you, so physical media retention is important. Um, but yes. yeah, this is a. Uh, this was released on Blu-ray some years ago, but now it's out of print and like a new copy will cost you a couple hundred dollars on eBay if you want to get one. 
But yeah, it's not on any streaming sites. There's no other talks of a special release. Like I, I want this movie to be like saved and put on like a special, you know, limited edition for the fans edition. Mm. Uh, that I would, I would, you know, I would pick that up immediately. I would too, for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's sad when you can't, when you can't find, I don't know, when media just kind of disappears in a sense. So I'm very proud. I don't know how they still, how they work, how Freaks still works. Honestly, I've had that DVD since DVDs were created, basically. So. Uh, yeah, you were really excited when you watched it. You texted me and says, hey, the DVD is still spinning or <laughs> something like that. So, yeah. Yes. yeah. Hold on to your movies, uh, people. It's, uh, you know, it's a sad thing that we're seeing. Everything's just kind of being locked away into a vault and the, the little stuff like this is just getting caught by the wayside in favor of like just mass production. Yeah. Um, and I, and I miss, you know, like, I, I wish I would have, um, recorded to, like the loading screen, like the, um, main screen too, cause it's kind of a fun one. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> and you don't get to appreciate that unless you have, you know, cause like digital, you don't have that kind of fun little extra so oh yeah no i i love that you know i'm a big physical media collector i love the the era of just when dvds were blooming and the like the people would they would film stuff specifically like just for the dvd menu mm. uh it, which is a lot of fun but yeah yeah um that's and i did I mean, this puppy on vhs originally so <laughs> good old oh, yeah. VHS. So. yeah it's a it's a it's a special relic, but uh, yeah, hopefully the people listening, you know, if you're if you're like-minded and interested, I would say seek this out. Yes, and let us know what you think. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's go to uh, Jake's pick. Okay, great. Yeah, so I picked. Uh, this is an old favorite of mine. Um, bit of a, a personal film for reasons I'll get into, but uh, my film was uh, 1985's Life Force, directed by Toby Hooper. And uh, it's a film about uh, this um, space shuttle. The Churchill is uh, a joint U.S. and British uh, craft is uh, out exploring Halley's Comet, which, you know, only if you're familiar with that, that phenomenon, it only circulates the Earth every 76 years. So they're jumping on the opportunity to study it. And uh, in the head of the comet, they discover a large vessel, which is like, I think, two miles wide and 150 miles long. And they're like, well, what's what the hell is this thing? They go inside. It's filled with like all of these desiccated, uh, like bat-looking corpses. And in the very core of the ship are three perfectly preserved nude figures, uh, two male, one female. Uh, they bring them back onto their own craft with the intention of bringing them to Earth to study. Uh, bad things happen. Basically, everyone turns up dead. Uh, the ship lands uh, or is retrieved and the uh, captain of the ship like got an escape pod and he landed somewhere in Texas. And uh, so as the the company that retrieved the ship is about to do an autopsy on the three bodies, they become active and they start draining the life force out of everyone they come into contact with. And uh, one of the centerpieces of this film is the extended sequence where the the nude vampire woman played by Matilda May is just going through this giant like uh I'm just gonna call it a science center and just uh basically wrecking havoc in her wake and she escapes and then it becomes a mission to capture her before she can bring uh basically the apocalypse to London and uh yeah so I mentioned this was a personal film and um I may be a bit biased in loving it because this was written by Dan O'Bannon. Uh, who was my uh, late uncle? He passed over a decade ago, and uh, but I had never seen it until um, I was a teenager. And uh, but yeah, this is always a film that I've uh, favored immensely. Uh, it's it is available out on Shout Factory. There's some nice Blu-rays, and I think there's even a 4K edition coming out soon. So this is uh, more accessible, but uh, I think it's still not as well known as uh, especially Toby Hooper's other films. You know, he did Texas Chainsaw Massacre and The Fun House, which we've also covered previously. But, uh, yeah, I think this movie, it starts out strong and it just grows absolutely bonkers and I fucking love it. But, uh, enough about me. Christy, what did you think of Life Force? Yeah, so this is not only personal, this is familial. Um, yeah, I, you know, I knew that, uh, you had a, a screenwriter in the family, but I didn't, I did not realize it. You didn't point that out to me again. Oh, um, is this breaking news? I'm so sorry. 
I feel I feel like I was left out of this. No, um, <laughs> I can definitely see that. That's that's amazing. And uh, yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. For some reason, I I wasn't aware of this movie. Once I saw um, a picture for it, I realized that I I'd seen it at a video store. Yeah. But um, I had never seen it, obviously. And uh, yeah, I <laughs> I was not expecting it. I tried to not. I always try to go into things not knowing as much as I can because I just think that's part of the fun of it. And I'm glad because I did not realize that there were, you know, extraterrestrials that, you know, sucked out the life force. And essence, basically, I think they say in the movie, like, they were here before and that's where the lore of vampires came from. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought that that was a really cool and, and fun little thing. And I also, for I don't know, I just love you know, certain kinds of effects in movies. And I love the different desecrated corpses in these movies, especially like there's some scenes where after like, I think it's two hours, they like need, they like, they come into, they like drain, but then they come back to drain someone else. Yeah. And just, just some of the effects there, it would make me laugh like every time. And I just loved it because they just look and their eyes are just like popping out and, um, that, yeah. that was one of my favorite elements of it. And also like, especially at first, it just keeps happening. Like, um, she just, she just goes on a life sucking rampage basically. And then the movie gets into this whole like absurd, you know, she goes into, um, <laughs> uh, wow. Why can't I think of his name? Patrick, um, Pat, oh, Patrick Stewart. Yes. Patrick Stewart. And, for, and like, into, for him. yes, very early role. And there's a, there's kind of an interesting scene there. And, um, <laughs> And our, <laughs> our, I was actually, I saw his cat name in the cast. I was like, when's he going to come up? I didn't expect it to be what it was, but, and our lead, you know, um, our kind of like our hero is actually kind of attached to her. Like, um, they have kind of like a mental, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's Steve Railsback. He's, yeah. he's the only surviving member of the, um, the, what do you call it? The Churchill. And they have this like really unique connection where you can kind of see where she's going and what she's doing. And, and I thought that that was really interesting and I had a lot of fun with it. Um, you know, as the theme is with, you know, all three of these movies, it's not like, you know, it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but I think it's, uh, I thought life force was a lot of fun and, um, it definitely entertained the hell out of me. So (laughs) it's like, it's what you look for. I, I, I'm a big fan of, uh, procedural cinema, um, mm-hmm. is, is my main go-to. I, I love that stuff. I eat it up. And, uh, well, uh, you know, this movie, it, it does eventually climax with like the, the denizens of London are all zombified in some way and running around and they're trying to stop like an apocalypse happening and there's like a portal to a spaceship in the sky. It's all very crazy. But before that, like the first act where I think a lot of the best stuff is, is just them figuring out uh, what the hell is going on? And, yes. um, and the I, two, uh, the two of them, um, I can't remember the other actor's name that he works with. Um, like they're figuring things out slowly, kind of. Yeah. It's almost like, uh, Peter Firth. It's almost like they're, it's, a, it's almost like a mystery for a little while there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great because, yeah. So the, the first victim is this, um, I, 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 I don't know the name of, uh, uh, the pathologist or the guy who's going to do like the first autopsy, he's drained and he's left as a, like a mummified corpse looking guy. And that's maybe if you, if you haven't seen like an image of Matilda May in this movie, that's probably the most famous image you've seen then is, uh, they're going to do an autopsy on him to find out what happened. All of a sudden he wakes up and he drains the guy doing the autopsy on him. And now mm-hmm. that turns that guy into a corpse. But then it restores the uh, pathologist back to his normal state, and like he uh, he's like surprised. But then everyone's like restrain him. What what's going on? So then they like isolate them, and then they you know they see when they can't get a life force. Yeah, two hours go by, and they just crumble into dust. Yeah. Um. So then that that just yeah that becomes the it's like uh it's kind of like it follows you know where it uh, is. you have yeah. to pass it on to someone, and you have to you basically have to keep draining people, and every two hours you'll need a new life to keep going. And that's kind of what the, the lead vampire woman is sustaining herself on. But yeah, so there's that procedural element of it. And then once Peter Firth shows up, they're talking to rails back and there's like that great scene where he's trying to like find out where she is in the country. And he's like narrating like images he's seeing of her stopping a guy in a car. And they're like trying to like track him down based on like, you know, this is in the eighties. So like they're trying to track him down based on like the license plate number and where that could be. 
Um, and that stuff's all great. And then, yeah, once, uh, <laughs> once Patrick Stewart shows up, then things get really get crazy. crazy. <laughs> it's, it's like, until then it, it's like, it kind of straddles this line and yeah. then it's just like, I'm going to jump off the cliff into, oh, yeah. into chaos. And, um, and then also like when, when she like drains the life force, there's like this blue, like almost like laser lights kind of like going in between. But I feel like as, it's almost a way of looking how the movie transforms by the end of it. It's just like, just at first it's just like a couple lines. And then at the end, it's just like enormous because the whole, basically, you know, London is just like <laughs> under siege yeah. um, on fire, zombie people, like everything is just going to hell. Yeah. It's, it's a, a, absolutely insane. And there's a lot of memorable images too. I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to talk too much about the stunning figure of Matilda May, but there's like one part where she, makes herself appear by basically draining the blood out of someone that she's possessing. And we see like a bloody image of her in a helicopter, (laughs) no less. Um, That's awesome. And uh, yeah. And then I love, there's also this uh, other doctor, Dr. Falada, who kind of goes crazy studying the specimen because uh, he discovers that like you can kill the vampires if you stab them in the chest with this like, ancient sword, sword not not in the heart i don't even know where that even came from <laughs> yeah is just something he had on layaway and uh but he's I was like wondering he's like, when this was going to come in handy <laughs> yeah but like it not, it's not even you stab him in the heart it's like there's a they have a power core like two inches below the heart is the the main place to get them sounds like a terminator yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> um but uh yeah i i you know i i think and also, it's interesting just to kind of see because you know, obviously Matilda May. I, I keep bringing that name up. You know, she's like the she's, yeah, she's yeah. like the villain in this, but she's um, she's very good. And I love that scene where she uh, with the blood and then her. You know, it's interesting because there's a there's a scene in uh, the show True Blood. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there's actually a character that like it's a pool of blood and then becomes a woman nude. And I just wonder if hmm. that was a little inspiration for that. Oh, but. that's possible is that is that late in the show i only watched the first two seasons i can't remember it's supposed to be like lilith and i think it is late in the show yeah mm, um okay. i don't remember. i just remember because that's not something you see <laughs> you know it's not like a common occurrence in in things right um pool of blood becoming turning into a woman so yeah you know i, it's, I remember uh, also kind of uh interesting just to like juxtapose the 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 sexy nude vampire people against like this kind of like stuffy British corporation. Uh, like, you know, they're all, you know, in suits and in like tight by the book, but uh, they're talking to one guy who's the head of the lab. Um, he He's played by Michael Gothard, who's one of the, he's actually um, like a Bond villain in For Your Eyes Only. I don't know mm-hmm. if you recognize him at all, but uh, like they ask him, was, was this uh, encounter you had sexual? And he's just like, oh, overwhelmingly so. And <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, so it's, it's like they can't, and they, it's great because they can't deny their own impulses. Like they're no. just, they're drawn to the, the call of the, it's kind of like a succubus really. It reminded me of species a little bit too. Um, I've never that, seen that, but I'm familiar, but. Right. Yeah. Well, in the sense of like a woman that's, you know, seductive and yeah. obviously like kills people. But, um, Gorgeous you know, alien, yeah. yeah, that's exactly. It. But, you know, and it also like the the main character, the kind of hero, um, he actually like leaves the, you know, tries to um, blow up the ship and goes off in like a skate pod. And he even says it was the hardest thing I had to do. And they're like, well, of course, that's it's not easy for anyone. He's like, no, leaving her. So like, even yeah. when he fights her, it's like the it's so overpowering that he's even like, it's hard for him to do that. And, um, and it's also, you know, it, there's a lot of interesting aspects of it. But she also at one point mentions that basically they're the look of all three of these vampire aliens um, were basically based on what other, what they read their minds of the crew members, mm-hmm. like what yeah. they wanted them to see. Personally, I wish there was more bat things. Cause I don't know what the hell was going on there. Yeah. <laughs> like, was... Are they originally bats? Like, is that what their ancestors are? Like what's, I don't yeah. know. It's, it's really cool. Cause like, there's just hundreds of these like dead bat corpses, which they look awesome. But yeah, it's only just kind of like maybe they, yeah, ancestors, I think is a good way to think of it. Like maybe they just kind of drained every living thing except for like those three. And they're just kind of in this suspended animation as to not, uh, as to, you know, for, forestall their deaths. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, one, one little bit I love is that, uh, 
even as all the chaos is happening, our two heroes are still trying to go through like the bureaucratic red tape of like quarantining the city and shutting things down. They go to the actual prime minister's office <laughs> and uh, as they're talking to him, he goes into this back room and he calls in his secretary and then they peek in and they see that he drains the secretary. And so the prime minister is infected and they're like, oh, well, screw this. <laughs> and they just leave to <laughs> take matters into their own hands. Uh, just little funny details like that. I love, but um, yeah. it's things snowball for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's the city rampaging is great. And the I love the other the sexy male vampire who's like. It'll be much less terrifying if you just come to me and it's, yeah, it's a good time. It is. It is. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Right on. Well, any, uh, any final thoughts on uh, Life Force? Um, no. Uh, yeah. like I, like I said, I feel like I need a poster though of, of one of those. <laughs> Actually, if you go into the IMDb, there's like the one I think that wakes up from the autopsy. I just, I just want that on my wall. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love how they look so much. Um, it's such a great job with the effects, especially yeah. for the time. And, and that's just something I always really appreciate. So, especially in like movies like this. So yeah. Thanks yeah. for the rec. Pra- practical effects on both of these two films and, uh, our third film, which, uh, I think we should, we should get to it. Shall we? Shall we? Yes. Yeah. We, we both have seen this. I, well, I, well, you you want to lead? Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, it's all good. We're we're breaking the mold here. Um, we are. We, we uh, make the rules. We we make the rules and we break the rules. And uh, if you don't like it, you can just shut this podcast off. But please don't. I think this is a good episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, we uh we were talking. You know, we always like we're throwing Rex out to each other, and we've seen quite a few films. Uh, and the topic of Peter Jackson's uh, Dead Alive. Or, uh, brain dead as it's known, uh, on other parts of the world, uh, came up and, uh, we both got really excited about it because we had both seen it and we loved it. And we thought, well, you know, we want to talk about this movie, but it doesn't really fit the mold of our, what our podcast is about. And like, well, why don't we just tack it on as, you know, just something to discuss? Yeah. yeah. So brain dead alive. Yeah. Brain dead alive. We're going to talk about a film that we have both seen and love, uh, numerous times. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about what Brain Dead Alive is about? <laughs> what Brain <laughs> Dead Alive? That's, that's just what it's called now. I hope yeah. everyone knows that. Um, yeah, so I, I was always aware of it as Dead Alive, but yep. Yeah, um, so it's you know it's a really romantic, cheery, <laughs> happy movie. Uh, Lionel lives with his mother, who's just the sweetest woman, uh, most heartwarming. And I, if you can't sense my sarcasm, you should. Um, <laughs> she's very overprotective. He's like lives to please his mom um and he he meets uh you know paquita and she's uh someone that works at the local store it's like a smaller town and mm-hmm. her i think it's her grandmother um tells her she does like tarot cards that she's going to meet like her love and and then he comes in and he's very kind of like you know insecure and kind of dorky um yeah. but they they're kind of you know um, they kind of fall for each other. And when they're on a date, the zoo, uh, his mother, who's spying on them, gets bit by the <laughs> Sumatran rat monkey. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, she <laughs> turns into uh, a pretty hostile zam- uh, zombie-like kind of creature. And then he tries to hide her being that way. And then that ends up being like, oh, whoops, the nurse. And then <laughs> someone else and then someone else. And soon he's got like a basement full of zombies that are all crazy. Meanwhile, he's trying to not push away this woman that he's like in love with. So, you know, it's one of the most uh, greatest romance ever told, in my opinion. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's a joke. But um, but yeah, it's just, you know, I'll I'll go back. I saw this movie, um, I miss video stores so much, but there was a, there was a video store that was very close to me and, uh, me and my, my brother rented it when we were kids, um, far too young, of course, at least for me probably, but that's, you know, we've talked about this and we just loved it so much that we showed it to my parents and they thought it was hilarious. (laughs) So then they made my grandparents watch it and then they made my aunt and uncle watch it and then my other uncle and then family friends. So there was a stretch of time in like two months where I watched this movie like 10 times just because we were showing it to other people. And, you know, I don't know the joy sometimes of like a movie, especially something like this, that's comical and kind of ridiculous, like watching other people watching it can kind of like add to the, I don't know, the fun because it's like their expressions when certain things happen, um, you know, and 
I you know messaged you when I rewatched this. I said I sent a a clip of a certain scene to my dad, and he's just like, "You're so weird." <laughs> and <laughs> you you sent us a clip to your mom from a different part, and it's just fun. I don't know what that says about us, but it's just yeah. it's hilarious. So, what's your uh journey with Dead Alive? Brain yeah. Dead Alive. Yeah, so I, uh, when I was getting into, like, I would say, like, 14, 15, 16 are just kind of like the years where I, I really blossomed as a, a cinephile, and I just was sort of, you know, finding everything I could and w- could watch it, and, like, I, you know, I was a big horror movie fan, and, like, I had always heard of this as, like, a stuff of, like, the stuff of legends, like, oh, this is the goriest movie ever made, and, like, of course, I had seen Lord of the Rings by then, so I was like, oh, well, let's, let's see what Peter Jackson has done previously. And so I tracked down a copy. I think I may have had a DVD at one point back when they were still widely available. Um, but uh, actually, the first thing I saw was um, a clip of the lawnmower scene on, of course, uh, the, on iconic the, lawnmower the early scene. days of YouTube. The best way to kill zombies. Party's Especially over. A whole, <laughs> especially Pot- a whole party full of zombies. Oh, yeah. it's It's like... The only way I can describe it is like it's as if they had created a lawnmower that specific purpose of it for the film set was just to shoot gallons of blood everywhere. Right. I wonder I if they like, got in touch with someone who made The Shining uh, that was involved in the blood. In the it's <laughs> it's like a mini elevator machine if you're remembering that movie. But yeah, I I so I was like, oh my god, this is this is crazy. So yeah, he straps the elevator or the elevator. He straps the lawnmower to his chest and he's mowing down zombies as they're approaching him and like as like their hands and fingers just get caught up and blown apart in the blades. So I'd seen that clip and I was like, oh, I got to like obviously I got to see the rest of it. And then I uh, you know, tracked down a copy, watched it start to end. Uh, loved it. L- love that uh it, the the finale is like one of the still one of the gnarliest things I've ever seen. But also, like, the first hour of it is just this really great horror comedy. Yes, uh, it's of, really funny. It's like, so, like, just to reference our previous film, Life Force, um, where, which is like, it's like military and government officials trying to stop an apocalypse happening. This is just one hapless guy who's <laughs> trying to stop the apocalypse happening. Just his, his solution is just to chain, like, zombies up in his basement and, and, like, prevent the town from knowing what he's doing because just yes. this horrible yeah the horrible incident with the rat monkey has is like it's just blowing out of proportion and the rat monkey's awesome we have the rat to give, monkey's great we have to give kudos to the rat monkey again love and craft it's stop motion animation exactly. it's, it's an ugly fucker um but it, <laughs> who it, eats it, another poor monkey <laughs> Eats another monkey, bites into an old lady's arm, and it's like... And she stomps the shit. Oh, yeah. She's not to be messed with when she was just a human. And, uh, you know, so... Um, and the... Uh, yeah, but the thing is that, like, he's he's just kind of picking up the... Like, he has, like, a grocery order that he picks up from, like, their family-owned store. And um, I think... Is her name... Uh, Paquita. Yeah. She, she gets a tarot card reading from her grandma, like, oh, the, this will be your knight in shining armor. And, like, you'll see this image. It's like a cross against a moon. And, uh, like, these little um, little uh, things you can buy just to, like, get the counter spill over and make that shape. And so she realizes he's the hero of her that she's looking for. And he's like, no, I'm just I'm just some guy. And so she's drawn to him because she thinks it's destiny. And, you know, he likes her, but he can't be with her because of the chaos that he's <laughs> causing in his basement. Um, but, <laughs> but it yeah. is sweet, though. There are little uh, the moments, you know, other than when there is oh, yeah. an animal that get, get, gets eaten. I will say that for people that don't like that. But um, there's there's some little sweet moments between them. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, the, then there's also, I think, it, it is a, a love story at the, <laughs> at the end of it all. It is. It's true. Amid the blood and carnage, it is mm-hmm. a love story. And it is sweet because he's also very much like, you know, he's kind of the everyday guy, but he's also kind of, you know, very insecure and uncomfortable. And like, you know, he's obviously a mo- mama's boy in a sense that he's just been like under her um, kind of claws, you know. Yeah. And by the end, um, kind of actually has to fight her <laughs> mm-hmm. for his freedom, we'll say, for his life. Um, but one of Jake's favorite parts I think we should highlight is the uh, <laughs> the kung fu. Oh, um, God, yeah. So just to set it up, so the the mom is, you know, she's whatever the zombie disease, I guess, just for lack of a better word that she has, she her human body succumbs to it. Uh, she's laid to rest at a funeral. Uh, Lionel goes to the uh, the graveyard with the intention of digging her up 
to bring her home because he knows that, you know, the dead are reanimating. And uh, he's accosted by like these uh, like these punks who are vandalizing the graveyard. Um, a couple of them get bitten and turned into zombies. And the preacher who lives on the premises comes out and he starts just laying down all kinds of crazy kung fu on the zombies before saying, I kick ass for the Lord. And it just <laughs> it, he just goes crazy. He's got some moods. Like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> especially since we've only like just seen him as he's just like this very stern priest and but like yeah he he really lays down the law and unfortunately he becomes a zombie himself and he's and he joins, procreates yeah so then that's the other thing is that he and this nurse zombie get it on and when lionel's coming he lionel like tries to keep up like a a, a very okay. domestic appearance yes one like, more- Favorite things is that he takes the baby for a stroll. Okay, so so yeah, the the zombie nurse and zombie preacher have a zombie baby, and l- rather than just keep it locked up in the house because it's a monstrosity, Lionel <laughs> brings it upon himself. It's in a little carriage that's wrapped in barbed wire, but he's still is like, oh, I I gotta take the baby. <laughs> it's a beautiful the- day to take it through the park, you know. Right. This- it it goes horribly wrong. That's another favorite scene of mine where just the baby gets out and it's running around and Lionel's just tripping over stuff trying to get it and like like they're obviously like catapulting a dummy baby off of a seesaw and, <laughs> and the whole time like the baby's just got these little wee voices and <laughs> oh if you don't know this movie that just sounds so like batshit crazy but it, you know it's, yeah. it's it's a really fun movie in that way and you know he <clears throat> He really does try to keep appearances up so much so that there's like a very early after his uh, mother is bitten, they come over, the two people come over for dinner and she's literally like squeezing blood out into the pudding and the guy's eating oh, it. God, he doesn't yeah. know, and her ears falling into <laughs> and she's eating it. And it's just, it's so gross, but she, also just so funny. <laughs> she spits out her pearl earring after she yeah. chews on her ear and. Yeah, that's like she's like, I don't know, like she won some, it's like some kind of like town social gathering where like she won some sort of esteemed award. So like yeah. they're, yeah, the, the, you know, the officials are coming over to celebrate with her. But yeah, so there's all, all this great stuff, you know, there is gore and, uh, but yeah. then, but then once, uh, Lionel's uncle enters the picture and he's a big bastard himself and he's, he's, <laughs> He finds out about the zombies and he sort of extorts Lionel into giving his mom's fortune and house to him so that he won't tell anyone. So with the house now being his, he invites uh, like a bunch, like 30 people over to this giant house party. Because that makes perfect sense. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You got this new mansion you want to celebrate. Um, Lionel tries to put the zombies down with what he thinks is just like some poison, but it's it turns out it like has this almost insane effect. On the like it turn like the thing about this the zombies in this movie is that not they're like they're vicious and they're pretty much like unstoppable even when they're in pieces like yes. you have to basically straight up liquefy them to put them down for good like even like there's this Buddy Holly looking guy at the party <laughs> who gets like the top of his head chopped off and it's he's just got like it's the top half of his skull with like his glasses and his quiff are just kind of getting kicked around the party but like his <laughs> eyes are still moving around. And meanwhile, there's a like a garden gnome lodged into the opening where his neck used to be. Yes. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's insane. <laughs> like what goes on. But like the thing is, is that like I haven't seen this in years, but I I just did not find any of like the gore monotonous or repetitive. It's just like it finds new ways to be inventive every single time. And then absolutely, yeah. And some movies definitely overdo it. Some people, I mean, some films use yeah. gore to an extent that's like. I don't know in, in this one, and it also is almost feels earned by the time that scene comes because yeah, um, the, the oh, yeah. gore isn't there really isn't that much technically gore. I mean, there's more like icky stuff, I guess, and gross out moments and and stuff. But the real gore comes in that final murder party scene. Um, yeah, I say. which by the way, if anyone's seen the new Texas Chainsaw, I I just refer it to the movie with the murder boss. I know, I know, I know. But it just reminded me of that because. <laughs> But this is the murder party. Um, yeah, but even that like just looks shitty and by comparison. Oh it's, yeah, it's and like, it's also like way over the top. Yeah, it, it's it's this is the thing. So like in this film, like if you're bitten by one of the zombies, you turn into one of them. So just like imagine four super zombies bite thirty people, and like it's terrifying. There's a, there's really. a moment where they all they're all dead, and then they all like sit up and 
start raising hell. And, and right. so it's a, it's, you know, Lionel and Paquita, like another gal are just trying to survive the night in mm-hmm. the house. Uh, there's a lot of great little household stuff that's going on. Like the baby shows up and, uh, Paquita tries to blend it, but it bounces out and then she smacks it in the head with a frying pan and the baby's face makes an impression on the pan. Yeah. And then the mother becomes like 10 times her size at the end. Oh, like, yeah. She's just... like the final boss, basically. Yeah. <laughs> she is the final boss. Yes. You've made it this far, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely something. And it's so funny that it's Peter Jackson. Uh, you know, I, I loved this movie when I was a kid and then I loved Lord of the Rings and it actually took me time to realize that they were the like same director. Like I, I yeah. guess because when you're, when I saw this when I was like seven or eight, you know, you don't really necessarily think about that. <laughs> um, I did probably more than some, but I definitely, it was before Lord of the Rings. And by the time that came out, I was just like, I just didn't make that connection. Not to mention like, how would you other than like just knowing, you know, because there's nothing about those two that, really um which just goes to show his talent honestly and also like it's such yeah. a fun movie to have as early in his career um i love that so yeah. yeah i think i think this is his best film um you know i i'm not really like i haven't i like i saw the the, the get back doc is pretty good and um hmm. but like but like i didn't like the hobbits or anything and i i feel like he's just kind of well yeah the hobbits are you know yeah yeah, it's, you know, it's too much, but like, it's, it just makes me, it makes me yearn for it. Like, I don't know. He would never go back to a movie like this, I think is just the issue I have. And like, I, I say, Hey, you know, like, Hey, make one of these again, man. You know, just get, get a truck full of fake blood and, and have a little movie. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, so you it's, don't it's like classic. Lord of the Rings? Like I, I, it's and you know, I mean, to be honest, it's been like over ten plus years since I've seen them. I okay. think they're the Lord of the Rings is fine. I, I don't like the Hobbits though. I no, think those me are, neither. But those are bad. also, I, I am a fan of Heavenly Creatures as well. Not that I think it's like his best. The Frighteners is kind of like I don't even know what to say about that movie. I liked it when I was a kid, but anyway, um, I haven't seen that one fully. I love Heavenly Creatures though. Um, mm-hmm. have, have you seen his other? Like, I guess the earlier works that would pair with this, like, Meet the Feebles and the Bad Taste. I have not, but yeah, I feel like I need I. to. Neither have I. I should probably, should yeah, maybe maybe we'll, a double blind spot or something, we'll go through we'll uh, compare. Yeah. Peter Jackson's un, Unknown Gems. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. But yeah. So that was a, a triple dose of uh, just obscure, <laughs> bonkers blind spots. So that was, that was yeah. fun. Hopefully... And, People and, have seen uh, or discover these because of our conversation. Yeah, if you follow me on Twitter, I, I did share a link to uh, Dead Alive uh, earlier this week. You can probably dig that up and still download it at the time of this recording. It's uh, it's free for everyone because, like uh, Freaked, the uh, the DVD and Blu-ray are horribly out of print, and this is not streaming or rentable anywhere. Um, yes, I was lucky th- to have the DVD for this. Yeah, so. there, there are rumors that P- Peter Jackson just, like, every – Eight months or so, he just chimes in to say, "I'm working on the 4K restoration of of this and Bad Taste to Meet the Feebles." And but like, you know, he first made that announcement years ago, and there's just been no. I feel like there's been no traction on that. So mm. we'll we'll see if that ever comes to light. You know, if if this is released on 4K, I, I'll I'll definitely get yeah. a copy and maybe oh, the other ones as well. But uh, yeah, this is a this is a film. Like if 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 you want to just like check out just good craft in a movie, like because much like Freaked, this Dead Alive has a really strong balance of horror and comedy, yep. which can't really be matched by anyone except Sam Raimi. Uh, it's, Absolutely. It, it's a tightrope, but it, it nails it perfectly. Yeah, and I, I really think, um, you know, a lot of the the horror elements in all three of these movies, even if, you know, one's more of a sci-fi, um, all the effects and everything are all very strong and, and are a big part yeah. of why i think uh, a lot of these work so that's that's another thing too is just i will always champion practical effects because they always. just they hold up they and they just they, look so much more real to me <laughs> like even in the most i mean to be fair like if you were to go to lord of the rings like that's a mix of some practical but a lot of you know special and, and there's things that look real or you know like game of thrones like wow that dragon looks freaking real but something about practical effects just i don't know it's always brought home to me it just makes me feel like 
makes me very happy. I don't know. It's just a comfort. It's in my opinion, it's always like looking at the old Yoda and the new Yoda. It's like, that, come uh, on. No give comparison. Me that, give me that puppet every time. <laughs> every give, time. That's that's a message to all you filmmakers. Just, hey, if you think you can do it on a computer, just go out of the way and make the puppet. Make mm-hmm. the puppet work. That's, Plus it's, the amount of time and effort. And, and I, I'm sure, you know, special effects take a lot of a lot of time and work as well. Yeah, but there's just something about making something with your hands and like, I don't it's know. More, it's, it's more gratifying. I, yeah. to see and it's it. almost more magical to me with film. I don't know. I, Hey, absolutely. We're waning a little bit poetic here, but I I just love practical effects. So I always always. <laughs> no, it's it's you know it's just it's one of the reasons why we we love what we do and uh, mm-hmm. the movies we that we recall and what we watch. It's all uh it's it's all it's all goes back to just the heart of you know we 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 can recognize when when love and care is put into something absolutely. because you know you can you can have true. you can have a hundred visual effects artists just sitting on computers rendering the state of the art special effects and in a few years that that stuff's not going to age well at all you know it's mm-hmm. technology like that is always changing but like a, pu- evolving, a, yeah. a puppet lasts a lifetime <laughs> a puppet lasts a lifetime i, I mean, love that you, quote. i mean can you, can you imagine if kermit the frog was cgi now it would be wretched oh it would be wretched yeah yeah i, I don't like the idea of that yeah. So, anyways, enjoy. Uh, get your vomit bags and enjoy a triple feature <laughs> of three nasty movies. And if you've yes. made it this this far, Mom, I'm very sorry if you've heard some unpleasant things. But uh, <laughs> unlike unlike Christy, I could not imagine sitting down to watch all of these with the family. That's not how that's not how we operated back then. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, if you if you're you know, I I think uh, if you're I think if if these films are maybe something you'd be interested in, you could. It's a good chance you're probably already familiar with them. So probably let yeah. us let us be the the final just kind of nudge to go check them out. Yeah, check I told my mom we were also talking about Freaked, and she's like, oh, "You would not stop watching that freaking movie <laughs> when you were a kid. All I ever heard was that movie." It's like, well, that's, that, a, that's that. You could say that about like oh, yeah, like two hundred movies when I was a kid. It's what we call a, a Christie classic. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, right on. Well, uh excellent. Well, yeah, I think uh I think that about wraps it up. Christy, do you have uh, any social media you'd like to plug? Yeah. So, you know, first of all check out our site, filmonkury.com, Twitter at filmonkury. My Twitter is Strauss S T R U S E underscore Christy K R I S T Y. Yeah, excellent. I'm uh, at Jake Tropila on all things. J A K E T R O P I L A. Hit me up on Twitter or Letterbox. I rate and review all my movies I watch there. And uh, yeah, if you uh, you know we we share films together, but uh, we're always open for uh, suggestions. If you think you have something you love that neither of us have seen, we send will us def- a message. Send us, yeah, let us know. We'll definitely consider it. Yeah, and we'll be doing another, I'm sure, soon um, viewer recommended one as well. So yeah, we do. It's yeah, that, that's true. We do have a few uh, viewer recommended picks on deck. So uh, look for those coming soon. And uh, yeah, until then, take care, everyone, and watch out for zombies. And watch out for monkeys. And sexy space vampires. (laughs) And sideshow. Randy, Randy, wow, what's his name? Randy Randy. Quaid. Watch out for Randy Quaid, especially. Yeah, Uh, yeah, especially. That guy could probably hurt you in real life. (laughs) Bye. Groovy.